<laughs> You're right. I still do that. Just <laughs> my discount, man. God, I'm gonna miss working with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no crying on this episode, though. Okay, next episode. <laughs> Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, I am Keith Feltner-Smith, and back with me today, continuing his bullying ways here on Trailcast, is Chris Burkhart. What is up, sir? How you doing? Hey, how we doing, Keith? I'm Dude. doing wonderful. Now that you're here a half hour late, as per usual. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was, when I was young... And, and I played sports. I'd have to tell my mom practice was like an hour before it actually started just to get there on time. I'm going to have to start doing that. <laughs> now, enough picking on you, though. You let me, you let me intro this, this show one time. One time you let me intro it. Well, well I, I asked well, you to intro it again. I, you... No, I'm not, I'm not saying it negatively. I'm saying I've done it one time. You let me do it okay. one time. And I had your script, and it was wonderful. But, it, you know, I was doing... I was doing what boys do and that was just thinking on the throne so to speak and i got a new intro that i think is going to jive with a lot of people are you a wrestling fan keith oh definitely okay so we need to throw it back to 1998 and you'll get this one right off the bat some of you listeners will some of you won't either way it's going to be wonderful i now bring to you the new intro that will be used 50 percent of the time whenever keith actually has <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the city of Portland proudly brings to you its PDX Podcast Champions of the World, Keith Tentake, Feltner Smith, Chris the Boy Burkhart, the Trailcaster. Yes! Oh, man! That was my oh. inner road dog, Jesse James. Yes! Age Outlaws DX. Gosh, the, the uh, Attitude Era was wonderful. And speaking of Attitude... I went deep into my Rolodex. It's it's three pages long. Uh, it's one, two, three. It's like mom, wife, coworkers, and there's like two people. They share one card. <laughs> Dwight James and this other person. Dwight, hey! he just ghosts me. I call him. He doesn't answer. Eventually, he'll get through. But there's this other person that I can guarantee will always pick up when I call. And oh, that yes. is my dear work friend, my work wife, my travel partner on the road. Jamie Hudson joining us today on the Trailcasters. Jamie, it's wonderful to have you here. Chris, Keith, thank you for having me. Can we just talk about that intro, though? Yes, Chris, please. Yeah, let's part, just go back to that it. was amazing. Wow, I feel honored to be on the podcast today since you started this intro now, and this is great. Yeah, you're here for the debut. You're here for like the official like uh, the the wrestling throwback debut here. Like, that was that was beautiful, man. Like I, I was hyped up when you were going with that. That's the whole point. We'll cue it up with some intro music. It will be wonderful. Yes. Anyway, so Jamie, how's the how's the off season season treating you? It started kind of slow, but this blazer stuff's been picking up the last few weeks. It has been picking up, which has been wonderful. Also, though, I've been covering a little Ducks and Beavers this off season, so that's been a change for me. So I still have been, you know, busy, busy enough, but I'm glad that there's been some Blazer news so that we can all talk about it. Also, Chris, Dwight will get back to you eventually. You know that. He will. To be completely honest, I haven't called him yet. Oh. I was just, I was, <laughs> I was just trying... I was just trying to like speak you up and make like, okay. make you sound well, I appreciate better. That, that yeah. like, you answer when I call, but yeah, I'm well, loyal let me, to the soil. Let, let, yeah, and let me just say here, Jamie, I don't have a count on this. This might be your fifth or sixth time on Trailcast. Yeah. You, you've been you've been on here pretty consistently through the years. By the way, this is actually since we are talking about you know the official the the Blazers are, are making moves finally. There's things happening in the off season. I think this is the episode. We we pass 150. And last episode we had the 151, but this is the first episode with 
our, our new co-host, Mr. Burkhardt, in here and uh, bring on a new guest in the Burkhardt era. So I feel like, Jamie, you're here for the official start of season five here on episode 152. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. And so again, like you've, you've, I think, probably are one of the few guests who have had representation in every season of Trailcast. You've been coming <laughs> on here for years. And, you know, Chris, like you said, I've talked to Dwight in the past too. He's never denied us. He said he'll come on eventually. He just He's that guy that kicks the can down the road. And it probably would help if, if I actually reached out to him, like you said, oh, you know, instead of just, just yeah. imagining yeah. I'm getting the Godfather on. Oh, he'll which, be on. Yeah. At, at which point, we'll, we'll take it over, and he and I will just talk wrestling the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just sit back. You Dude, guys just do on, your thing. On, okay, so so Dwight, and I mean, Jamie knows this too, but Dwight is like, he's a wrestling encyclopedia from all the old days when, nice. like, Portland wrestling and all that stuff. And honestly, some of the most fun I've had on the road is with Dwight at, like, a Blazer shoot-around, and the media part of it like actual interviews for work would be done and it would just be sitting on the sideline shooting the <laughs> with Damian Lillard talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker <laughs> for like 15 minutes it was some of the best times I've ever had it was wonderful it was wonderful but that was then let's talk about the now let's go to some of the latest moves the ones that Rip City is either in love with or they hate it moves the needle it doesn't he's taking well, hey, the hey. championship he's not what no let, let me um you know Chris we're, we're gonna we're gonna slow this down just a minute before we get to all the big moves the Blazers haven't made we want to keep teasing that for a second you know Why? this you've been in TV well, you, you gotta tease you gotta push the stuff you're gonna talk about later in the show but first we're gonna bring up Damien making big moves off the court. The man has finally gotten married to Kayla. What? How do you what? know that's, that's not where I was going? Well, I, it sounded like you were talking about the roster. Right, is is nope. Kayla part maybe of the roster should, now? Maybe you shouldn't let a master of his craft. Maybe you shouldn't cut him <laughs> off. Maybe you should let him get. Is the, it moves the needle. It doesn't. It's going to lead him to a championship. It's not. Dame got married. Maybe that's where it was going. That's where it was. You know, that sounds very smooth. I, I believe it. I think that was that actually sounded like a very natural transition where you're going with that one. Yeah, he was. He was Keith. Jamie, I've worked with what? him for years and years. You'll you'll get used to it, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My segues are on point, and I I never yes. take it where you think it's going. <laughs> well, yes. Excuse me for jumping in. What was I thinking? All right, so Jamie, your thoughts on the wedding, which not only was it a, a, a wedding, uh, Instagram and Twitter, social media is telling me that it was also quite possibly the party of the century. Uh, yeah, it looked like it. I was glued to my Instagram live on Saturday night. You know, Yusuf Nurkage showing off the reception. I mean, when you've got Snoop Dogg performing in your wedding reception, I mean, we're not surprised by this, but that is insane that Snoop was there just rocking out. And Dame even had a wardrobe change. You know, usually it's the ladies, the wife will change from her <laughs> big ball gown dress into her party dress. So, you know, I think Dame had a nice uh, reception outfit. It was very fancy. Oh, I, I loved it, too, because as you guys know, it was a Trailblazers reunion with former players coming back. And I think that was really fun to see Mo Harkless hey, and Myers Leonard hey, and Tim Frazier. Hey. Yeah, Evan Turner. So that was cool to see. I think that's actually a cool. Not only is it cool to see, I think it, it goes back to kind of what Dame said a couple years back about how if he was GM, he wouldn't trade anybody because he loves mm. everyone he's played with. And it's kind of like true to his word. Like Myers has been gone for two years. Mo Harkless has been gone for a while now, too. And. There they are. Zach was traded over the summer. There he is. Oh, there's ET. There's Ed Davis. There's Tim Frazier. Like, and every and maybe I'm just like missed the connection there, but I'm like, oh, and there's Draymond Green. That makes sense. I know that they have a very good relationship. And Demar Derozan. <laughs> I didn't know there was a big connection between Dame and Demar. Am I missing something? I know. No, I was surprised that. Demar was there, but Bradley Beal, that made sense. I know they, they talk quite a bit, but um, man, imagine being at that wedding. That, <laughs> that, that would have been fun. Uh, okay, so the question, though, that I really had coming out of the wedding IG coverage or the kind of the, the stalking that we do on social media now for <laughs> celebrities big events like this. You mean reporting on that, right? Reporting, yeah. 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 Excuse me, what, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you mentioned players like Dre, Bradley Beal. So they weren't, these weren't just former Blazers. They were some other players, DeMar DeRozan as well. 
uh, that maybe Dame is close with. And the rumors you always hear when you see players from different teams uh, conversing outside of the game is which one of them are coming to Portland next. If you had to put all of your journalistic, analytic uh, uh, credentials on the line, which of Dame's party guests do you think would be the next Blazer? We talking Dre? We talking Demar? Bradley Beal? Of those three, of those three, none of them are oh. likely. But uh, <laughs> Draymond Green would probably be the most likely of those of that of that trio. I like to see like more like, okay, we're at the party. Everybody's getting you know turned up, as the young kids say. At least I think they say. I'm really old. Now. I don't think that's how they say it. My hearing yeah. is going. You know, it's, <laughs> that that was the joke. Get in on it, Jesus, go! No, what I would have, what I would have wanted to see though, legit, is like, hey, CJ. Some people think Bradley's better. They think that oh. he would help Portland, you know. But I have faith in you. There's only one way to decide who is my two guard. Dance off. Beer, beer pong. Beer pong. Oh, okay. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't beat Bradley, you're getting traded. See, that's good, too, because Beer Pong's got the arc. you got to put a good shot on there. Exactly. Work on your little mid-range game. Exactly. you got to work on your defense, <laughs> all, all non-physical verbal cues. I want to see I want to see that. This is great. I think all trades should probably be decided by Beer Pong, like one-on-one <laughs> Beer Pong games. And any, any future trades for the Blazers. I, I like that. Who do you think would win between CJ and Bradley Beal at a game of Beer Pong? Jamie, who do you think would win? Oh, uh, well, I think i got to go with CJ, but... Uh, that's only because I feel like Lehigh taught him well back in the day. So. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> <laughs> like a smaller school, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. What are you going to do? What are you doing no. in Ohio if you're not playing beer pong? I mean, yeah. I would go with CJ, too, because there's something about that man that is just so smooth. Like, I just feel like he would just be effortless, just a smooth beer pong player. And to make it better, you'd have to have Evan Turner doing, like, live color commentary. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This would be – this is – ESPN the Ocho must watch stuff, man. How did that not happen at the wedding? Like this is oh that is that's a that's a travesty that we didn't have some some uh, CJ versus Bradley beer pong maybe like like you said Evan Turner Evan Turner Nurk on the side doing the the play by play calls that'd be perfect. That would be, be good. good. Yeah. Okay. Next Trailblazer wedding. I'm sure it's happen. There what? we go. Yeah. yeah. Well, that'll be Nurk, right? Nurk got engaged this off season, so there you go. We got, okay, we got so, it all set up for them. <laughs> the one other thing that we should mention here is just give a shout out to CJ. Uh, hey! We talked about this earlier, but CJ's Instagram after the wedding was showing that Elise is pregnant. Uh, and I myself did not see the Instagram. I only heard rumor of this. Jamie, you have confirmed that she is very pregnant. So this is not something that we are uh, guessing about at this point. So congratulations to uh, CJ, the whole McCollum clan. Great news for them. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. Uh, they've been married a year now. It was last September. They got married. So uh, the McCall- McCallum family is growing. And I think uh, the dog, Fiona, is going to be a Fiona. great, great big sister. Fiona's girl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I think... They, they got Fiona, I think, a little bit before we got our puppy Q as well. So, Aww. you know, hopefully one day CJ will come hang out with us again and we can get our dogs together and, and uh, have a good old time. But let's talk about stuff a little closer to the court. You know, we're, we've moved past the wedding, past the Instagrams. And uh, Chris, last time we've also, we've also moved past the trade that you and I were discussing. Right as our last pod was being dropped, there was a trade for Larry Nance Jr. De- uh, Derek Jones Jr. has left as, long, as well as a future pick. And we kind of sk- shared our first first uh, impressions of this trade. Have you had any anything new break to you, Chris, as far as uh, what Larry Nance Jr. will mean to the Blazers here? No, I'm still holding true that I think it's a I think it's a very good trade. I, I like the way he fits with the roster. Um, he's athletic, big. He's going to be able to space the floor. He's going to bring you defense. He's going to be able to go- guard multiple positions. And you know, it's a buzzword, but versatility. He re- he really does bring it, in my opinion. He does it better than some other guys uh, that they could have uh, obtained via trade. I mean, there's people who looked at that the trade go down and go, "Well, man, I would have rather had Lowry Marketing." And it's like, why? Because he shoots 40 percent from deep, so he's a good three-point shooter but he <laughs> right. played but he but he plays awful defense has no lateral movement no athleticism especially compared to a guy like like uh nance so no i think it's a, i think it's a great fit uh and also like i said it killed two birds with one stone so to speak got it got 
the log jam of small forwards out with Derek Jones Jr. Got out of that $10, $10 million deal to bring in someone who's going to be who play a little bit more and, and be used a little bit more effectively. So I, I absolutely uh, love the deal. I think it was a it was a good way to to wash out any sour taste fans had from free agency uh, and you know help the offseason grade. Yeah, I agree with Chris, and I think it, it was nice to see Trailblazer fans excited and happy again about how what things you know about this offseason, I guess I should say. And I think with Nance Jr., Chris already mentioned the versatility. I love his athleticism. He's become a better shooter over the years, and I think that he's just a guy that is is ready for something new. I know he's pumped to be heading to Portland and, and play alongside Dame and CJ, like a lot of players are, but. I think what we've read about him over the last couple, of, or I guess over the last week or so, is like he, he's just ready. He's ready to help the Blazers team, um, and he's excited about the opportunity. And he'll be a great sixth man. And I think what's exciting to think about is this offseason when Carmel Anthony and Ennis Cantor, you knew that those two weren't coming back, the bench defense already got better, right, when those two were leaving. <laughs> So they left, but now you bring in Nance Jr. to the second unit, and on top of that with Chauncey Phillips, I think that uh, that's going to be a big game changer for the the bench here. Yeah, and that, that was that was our argument uh, when we were talking about this, Jamie. Is I think that's kind of flying under the radar when fans look at at Nance Jr. and just know him from his years in LA and what he's done with the Cavs and, and yada 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 and don't look at at it for the big picture and to me that is he brings more defense than Carmelo Anthony did and he's still going to be able to score and he's not going to be able he's not going to need as much uh, as many shots as Carmelo got when he was on the on with the second unit either so he's not going to be a, a black hole for the ball so to speak not that i really think Mello was but he's just not going to command the ball in the offense but secondly you mentioned ennis Cantor too and and with zeller you got a guy there who i do not think is a better center than ennis Cantor. but i've said this multiple times he does all the things better that ennis Cantor did poorly that was defense and clogging the paint and forcing the defense to take tough shots. So the, the the biggest weakness in your second unit was your defense. Yep. And part of that was because you had two poor defenders in the paint that just created a giant hole within that defense. And in Larry Nance Jr. and Cody Zeller, you plugged that hole. You, you definitely helped that. Zeller is not the name that Cantor is. He's not going to go out and probably set a, a Trailblazers rebounding record, right? And then obviously Larry <laughs> Nance Jr. isn't the Hall of Famer that Carmelo Anthony is and doesn't bring that gravity with him, but it makes the bench unit better, and I think that's a huge plus. Yeah, it's it's. I think it is going to be one of these that once we get into the season, fans are going to quickly kind of turn from – any sort of skepticism they've had this offseason about, oh, we're losing shooting, we're bringing back these guys that aren't really big names, like you said. Uh, one one player that Portland fans were really excited about for a long time was Aaron Gordon before he went to Denver. There was a lot of excitement and kind of uh, rumor and stir about, could we bring this guy in here? And he could be this dynamic forward that would really help change uh, the system here, bring defense as well as more of a lob threat at the rim and all the rest. Uh, and what we've seen, actually, someone, I think, posted this on Reddit a little while ago. They compared Larry Nance Jr.'s numbers this last season to Aaron Gordon. Larry Nance played a few more minutes and scored three, point, three points less per game, but he had a rebound more a game. He had the same number of assists as Aaron Gordon. He had a steal, an entire steal more per game than Gordon. Uh, pretty much the same numbers comparably for a lot of the rest of it. Better true shooting, 36% from three. So, yeah, for how excited Blazers fans were for Aaron Gordon coming in and we didn't get him, Larry Nance brings pretty much the same stats on paper. Uh, just a much smaller name. He's not not nearly well as, as well known as Aaron Gordon because I think a lot of that is that Aaron Gordon has been, quote unquote, leading a team down in Florida. Uh, so he had a lot of a lot of acclaim where Larry Nance has been kind of rotting away a little bit in Cleveland, and he has, uh, yeah, maybe just I think had a little less spotlight and, and fans are a little less uh, attracted to what they if they, if you're not making the highlight reel. But like you said, Jamie. Nance is ready to get out of Cleveland. He's ready to be somewhere where he can make a difference, and I think the fit here is going to be surprisingly good. I think so too, especially under Coach Phillips, like I mentioned. I think I'm just yeah. looking forward to seeing this team take a take a big step in, on the defensive end as a as a whole. So I think that's yeah, the, the biggest thing, obviously, that fans are wondering about for this next year. 
I, I think defense has been something that a lot of fans have been aching for for a while. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. been a talking point for a long time. And hey, let's be honest too. The Chris, you and I brought this up a little bit last time. Chauncey's whole comments about shooting less threes. We're going to bring more defense, but I don't think, maybe either of you can tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think we're going to see a drastically different offense. Like I, I think you could expect more ball movement, hopefully, uh, more assists and such. But I don't think that you're going to see the team get away from running offense through Dame, through CJ, mostly focusing on outside shots, feeding in and trying to get kickouts. I don't think fans need to worry too much about there being some huge change just because we're talking about trying to have more of a defensive focus. Yeah, I would agree with that. I know that uh, Chauncey has already talked about integrating use of Nurkage into the offense a lot more, though, and, and I think fans should be excited about that because we know he's, he's a great facilitator for a big man. He, oh, yeah. he can make some good decisions, and he, he, I think he really enjoys finding Dame and CJ and, and being more involved. We, we heard from him, actually, at the end of the season um, that he, he wanted that, right? He wants to be more of an option on that end of the floor. And I think you're going to see that more this year. He seemed a little bit unhappy with the, with the end of the of season and with all the kind of the, the post game or post season interviews going on. And I think there was some rumor among fans, at least if not among actual headlines and media of, is he going to try and make a move out of Portland? I have heard nothing more about that. I haven't seen anything, uh, to lead me to think that he's really pushing for anything. And obviously we've seen stuff on Instagram where he's at Dame's wedding. He's wearing the sunglasses at night for all the photos. He seems like he's having a very good time. Um, do we feel pretty secure with Nurkic uh, and at least his, his immediate future here in Portland? Yes, I think. Okay. And I think Chris <laughs> will agree. I think cool. that oh, yeah. we know that Nurk is a very emotional guy. And when you yeah. just, you lose that series that you were expected to win and they all thought they were going to, I think, talking to the media just moments after losing that game, that series was just too difficult for him and, and the emotions were coming out. Right. So that's what we heard and saw from Nurk. And I don't think fans need to worry about it now. hundred percent. I think, I think Nurk more than once has said something uh, very quickly after a post game without a lot of time to compartmentalize it and really assess the situation that is we're very easily taken out of context and it definitely was not what he meant i think in that situation he was he was probably frustrated more um or or less like i want to get out of here and more man i really feel that if i was involved more this particular game i could have made more of a difference and so no i I think he's very happy in portland and i think uh i think you got to continue to build around him i think when he like the, the the proof is in the pudding, right? Like when Nurk is healthy, it's a much different basketball team. Oh, yeah. he's, he's he's a key cog in how this team works. And if you were to get rid of him now and have to go with Cody Zeller as your starter, it, it's obviously much different. You saw when Ennis Cantor was in there as the starter, you still got your points and your rebounds and he did a very good job, but it wasn't the same offense as when Nurk is in there and you have a big guy who's a, who's a good facilitator. And I agree with Jamie. I think that he definitely, like, it being more involved it, in Nurk's eyes, to me, does not mean that he needs to be getting more points. He wants to be more of a focal point for that basketball, and that is setting those picks and passing the, the ball off and, and being more involved in facilitating because I think he gets a lot of joy in those assists. And, and so that's what I think was there, and I think that that's what Billups wants to do. I think I think Billups sees that. That not only does Nurk want that desire, but he sees that I can be successful using him more. I actually prefer the Blazers' defense when the ball or uh, offense, excuse me, when the ball gets out of Dame's hand and goes yeah. into Nurk's, and he do, he sets one of those picks with the ball up high, and Dame runs around him, and then he drops the ball off from there. I love that offense, and I think if we can get that more integrated, the better for the Blazers. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I think that I do feel like we probably saw less of Nurk this season uh, as far as involvement in the office and just kind of involvement in the game in general than we'd seen in the past. Part of that is going to be just, you know, having to get warmed up and kind of readjusted back from injuries, shaking all the rust off. Uh, part of it is just, I think, a lot of the other drama and, and all the tumultuous stuff going on behind the scenes of the Blazers probably kept them ever from really kind of finding that 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 fit, that proper rhythm. So, yeah, hopefully with the, the fresh season coming up, We'll see a lot more of that from Nurk being more of a centerpiece. 
let's let's talk about some of the other pieces coming in here and just tell me how much or how little you guys think these these players will play a part for the Blazers this season. We had big news, or I guess the, the big headline right after our pod last time and after the Larry Nance Jr. trade was Dennis Smith Jr., another junior, coming to training camp. So this is not officially a, uh, a roster addition yet. Uh, it's a training camp invite to see if he can kind of work his way in for a spot. Dennis Smith Jr., for the fans who don't know, is a former Piston. I believe he's a point guard, right? Not just a combo guard or a two. He's primarily a point guard? Okay. Uh, so in my mind... On the upside, this means he's not adding to the log jam at wing, which we just helped to address by getting a DJ shipped out. But does this add to a log jam in other guard areas? Like, if he's going to be a p- backup point guard for Dame, is he now fighting with Ant for minutes, for example? Where where we uh where do we see Dennis Smith Jr. fitting in the roster here, Jamie? Uh, I don't think I do really. See him, <laughs> you know, fair. Um, That's fair. That's an option. I think for, for training camp, it'll be nice. I mean, who knows? Who knows what are you going to do in training camp? I know uh, every training camp, you always talk about how you want, you're really, you want a lot of good guys out there to make others better, right? Um, so that'll right. be good. And obviously, when you're a guy like Derek, Derek Jones Jr., Derek Jr., so many juniors, um, <laughs> you know, I think he's going he's gonna to be fighting for a spot so that he's going to have his play elevated, which will help the team. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, do you think he's, he's going to see some time, Chris? Yeah, I actually, I, I, I love to agree with you, but I do no, disagree on yeah, this one. And that is, and that is that I, I think, uh, I think it's a long shot, but I think when it comes to filling out the roster, I actually think he would be a great addition um, for multiple reasons, because I think it gives the Blazers, you never know when Dame is going to get hurt or Anthony or anybody, Dame has battled numerous injuries over the years and missed a handful of games. Right. And I think getting a little bit of depth at that true point guard position is definitely a plus. And like Keith asked, you know, is he a tweener? Does he play multiple positions? I mean, this is a guy who has played minutes at the two guard, but for the most part with the, the Pistons last year, he played 77% of his minutes at point guard, according to uh, cleaning the glass uh, with the Knicks prior to the trade. It was a hundred percent of the minutes back in uh, 2019. It was a hundred percent of his minutes at point guard the season prior to that 91% of his minutes at point guard. So he does not get a lot of minutes playing the two. He's he's primarily a a one. And so I, I like that because it, it, it not only would it give you depth at the point guard, so you don't have to rely on a huge lineup change because it works. But if Dame has to switch mi- uh, miss time, I don't necessarily think it's the absolute best to shift McCollum to the one, then shift Norm Powell to the two, and then right. slide someone new into the starting small forward role. Or say you slide down Rocco so you can start Larry Nance at the four. So now you have three people in your starting lineup playing outside of their primary position. Right. At least with Dennis Smith Jr., it would allow you to have a guy to play point guard. And I think also it allows it would allow uh, Anthony to get more minutes at the two. And he said it before that he prefers shooting guard to point guard. He's obviously <laughs> more natural in that fit. So I think it balances out a, a little bit better for the roster just because fans have long been saying, right, like, oh, my gosh, Neil Olshay signed another big. How come he didn't <laughs> sign a guard? How come he didn't? You got one right here on your training camp roster now. You don't have to sign him, but if he impresses, I think it's a smart move to make. Absolutely. I mean, if if you had to ask like who you're, who's going to get the the spot, him or or Marquise Chris, like it, it it's if they were offering it to either one of them, I would say it's Dennis Smith Jr.'s to lose. Okay, well, we can get to Marquise Chris in a second. I just, do just want to point out, you mentioned Anthony says that he sees himself as more of a two-guard, but Chris, Neil has said Anthony Simons is the next best point guard, or whatever that quote was about the best point guard he was drafted, blah blah blah. blah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, could, I could see that making sense as far as Dennis Smith Jr. being a real kind of uh, an option, uh, a, a break glass in case of emergency type option at point guard if we need, because, yeah, the Dame isn't necessarily uh, able to be relied upon playing every game of the season and if he's not playing we need someone in there even with Stotts uh here in the past we saw him often trying to slot one guy in to replace an injured player instead of like you said chris shifting everyone around to now have sure maybe an interesting lineup that has a lot of potency but now you have a lot of players playing out of position or just not where they're used to having played so far this season uh 
split second in 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 game time, a split second of decision making could be a huge difference. So yeah, if you the the minimal changes you could make, the least changes you could make is probably the way they're gonna go. I can see that making sense. You did mention Marquise Chris. He's the other training camp edition that we've heard about this last week for the Blazers. Marquise Chris, uh, a center, mostly center in a four, broke his leg last December. Before that, word is he was having a pretty good season. I, I saw some fans on, again, on Reddit, when you go and try and do some mining for what this guy's background is and what Portland fans can expect, a lot of fans were saying that he has a lot of potential. If he comes back healthy, he could uh, be a real player to develop. So I think, like again, we've talked about the, the log jams that the Blazers have had not only this last season, but for years, it seems like, at not just the wing, but the guard spot. I do feel like if it came down to Dennis Smith Jr., a backup point guard, or Marquise Chris, a backup center slash big man, I feel like they got to go probably leaning towards Chris. I'm, I think, I mean, Marquise Chris uh, has shown potential. He's a decent big. Um, he's had flashes. Uh, again, you, you mentioned where he plays. He plays most of his minutes uh, at the center in recent years, but does play the four. Um, but the thing is, I, I think with you got, you got Zeller and Nurk, you got Rocco, you got Larry Nance Jr. And I also, we, we talked about this in previous podcasts. I think that you're, you're third in line for that uh, power forward spot is probably Nasir Little. And he's mm. going to get minutes at small forward as well. But I want to see him get minutes at that power forward spot. And then because they signed him, they have an investment in Greg Brown. And Greg Brown yeah. played well at Summer League. So I think, the, I, I think uh, especially with the, the acquisition of Nance, the, the Blazers are pretty set at big outside of any possible trades to upgrade uh, their starting four spot, um, which I could still see happening. That's why I still think it's Dennis Smith Jr. to lose if they were going to sign one of these two players. That's not set in stone by any means, right. as Jamie alluded to earlier. But if they were to sign one of these two, I definitely don't see it being Marquise Chris. But, you know, when you're right 50% of the time, you're wrong 50% of the time. So you're yeah. a blind squirrel, essentially. Isn't that the whole Yeah. Okay, let's, 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 yeah. let's make some more. Okay. <laughs> Hey, but uh, I know Marquise Chris was a fan favorite, though, in Gold State. I mean, he was beginning to be a fan favorite, and his athleticism. Like, he could be definitely a really fun player to watch. But, you know, now that Chris mentioned uh, Greg Brown again, some of the league right. was fun because of him and his dunk. Like, because of it, yeah, totally. <laughs> if we are going to, uh, you, you know, obviously, Jamie, you've been on here before. Chris, you've dealt with me plenty. You guys know how I love to rehash a topic that we've already talked about many times in the past. So let's dive into it. The latest on the Ben Simmons rumors slash CJ McCollum potential trades. Uh, I think the real setup, if anyone has not been keeping up with what has happened in the last week or so of this, is that Ben Simmons is a horrible agent for himself. He has done nothing but shoot his own value in the foot, man. Yeah, just absolutely tanked his value with not only his commentary, the the... Chris, last time you and I kind of referred to the young socialites comments about how you only want to go to a California team, not come to Portland. Then you look at the California teams. Lakers can't afford him. Warriors probably can't afford him, don't really want to. Clippers aren't interested. So the only team that he could really be looking at would be the Kings. And that's not really, I think, uh, what he was envisioning when he thought about a contender in California. Uh, so what makes this interesting to me is that Philly... Uh, has been pushing for, oh no, if we're going to trade Ben Simmons, we want Dame. He's got the value of, of Dame, and we're making a trade centered around Dame with Portland. And obviously Portland just kind of has uh, disconnected from that nearly immediately. But at this point, Philly would never be able to ask for Dame. They would be lucky uh, to get CJ, in my opinion. I even... I, I saw some polls out there about would you give CJ and picks or CJ and a player or just CJ? Obviously, this is coming from Blazer fans, so there's some Rose City colored bias there. But people aren't even really interested in giving CJ plus picks at this point for Simmons. I, I think that is maybe a little bit biased. In, in my opinion, if you're going to get a multi-time all-star, multi-time first all-NBA uh, defensive team, you give CJ, you give picks, you give a role player or two if you need to. I think it still makes a lot of sense. I, I don't think the price on Simmons would be too high. But if anything, the, his, his asking price now might now be low enough that the Blazers could afford him without having to give away the farm. Uh, so to me, this is growing. This is getting more interesting. I don't know if it's going to happen in the offseason. I 
don't think it's a problem if it doesn't. There's been plenty of moves in the past that happened during the season before the trade deadline. We could see CJ, much like the Blazers in the in past seasons have moved a player during a road trip, right? I think it was, um, uh, yeah, Gary Trent Jr. for Norman Powell happened while we were in Florida on the road. I could see a, a Ben Simmons for CJ trade happening maybe when the Blazers head east for, for some trip like that. Who really knows? Aaron Fentress, shout out to another one of our uh, friendly Blazers media personalities. Hey! He says the Blazers are concerned about Benson's fit next to Dame. Uh, partly probably because Simmons does not uh, boast a lot of shooting potential from what we've seen so far. Also with the attitude and kind of the idea of trying to put Ben Simmons into a system already established around Dame as opposed to in Philly where the system was kind of built around Ben. So Fentress mentioning the lack of fit here, Ben shooting his own, Ben Simmons shooting his own price and value in the foot. Uh, Blazer fans not wanting to give up anything outside of CJ. Jamie, let's go to you first because I've already heard from Chris plenty and he's had to deal with me asking him this week after week after week in the past. What do you think is the likelihood, either off season or in the season, that Ben Simmons ends up a Blazer? Uh, I, it's I, it's likely I think um I, you know I I like the fit um just because I know there's been so much talk and, and fans talk about it all the time about Dame and CJ are too similar of players their height their you know there's so many things there so when you have Dame and Ben Simmons I think I mean you take all of Ben Simmons's latest drama out of it and, and what he's been saying and doing uh yeah i think it's a great fit um i don't know that it's super likely i i keep going back on back and forth on that um but you know this blazers organization does not bring in guys that they don't think will be a good locker room person or that they don't think can can mold to that and so the way we've seen Ben Simmons lately, that's why I just, I don't know. I, I, I so, so we, yeah, go ahead. You, you, you think some of the social media stuff and some of, uh, like I've been saying, Ben Simmons shooting himself in the foot as far as his mm -hmm. value is concerned. You think some of that maybe has more of an impact than just, oh, summer drama. I think there's more to it because if we're seeing that, can you imagine, can you imagine what he's been like with his teammates and, you know, we've Great. heard the whole Joel Embiid drama right. and all of that, yeah. and so I know that there Pushing was a against Doc Rivers as well. He's talking about right. all those comments and how he wanted uh, Doc to be held accountable for what he said. Yeah, so that's a lot to consider, and this organization always does keep all of that in mind, not just the talent on the court. I like it. Okay, Chris, giving you—I feel like that was you know Jamie helped you with a good kind of a good pause if you. <laughs> find your center, find your zen after uh, uh, the, the the mounting frustration of me asking you week after week about, can we get Ben for CJ? Uh, so what is your, uh, <laughs> how are you feeling, bro? Oh, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. <laughs> I have expected no. a, a real explosion there. I wasn't really sure what we were going to get. Yeah, no, I, Jamie, <laughs> Jamie brings up a really good point, though, about um, kind of flies under the radar a little bit, I think, but uh, there, there's a high level of importance put on what these players will do in that locker room. Yeah. And I, 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 off the record, I'm sure her and I would name the same names. We've seen people in that <laughs> locker room who did not gel with that locker room, and that's why they weren't brought back or they were shipped out. Or the, and the, like, if there's, in my experience, anytime there's any inkling that someone could maybe become a locker room cancer it, they're taken care of before it ever gets a chance to so i think that's an interesting point that she brings up with ben simmons however i'm not completely sold on him being a, a, a cancer i think it's a guy who's just very disgruntled with his personal situation wants to get out here's the thing i, I brought this up before when people talk about attitudes and this and that there was a guy who was known for having a very poor attitude in the locker room and rubbed the organization the wrong way, and that was Yusuf Nurkic. And if you ask Damian Lillard, he's been one of his favorite teammates. Those two have become best mm. friends in his time here, and I've never, ever, ever got the locker room 
you know, killer vibe from Yusuf Nurkic. He's definitely a pillar of the team. So you never know with Ben. I think the whole idea of he's not a fit next to Dame, I think that's more posturing by agents and this and that to maybe drive down his asking price, right? Maybe if, 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 if Philly thinks that they can get Dame, then they obviously think that they, they can go get CJ and pieces and right. other and, and picks and assets and just pile on, right? But if now the narrative coming from you know someone anonymous in Portland is that, well, Portland's really concerned with the fit of Ben Simmons next to Damian Lillard, and that starts to you know snowball. Well, now Philly's going... Well, Portland doesn't even think he's a good fit. Like, there's no way we're gonna give those assets, and Portland clings on to that, right? Yeah, Great we'll point. we'll help we'll help you get out of the Ben Simmons situation, even though we don't think he's the best fit. We don't really think, you know, blah blah blah. So yeah, we'll give you McCollum, but we're not gonna we're not willing to part with, with Anthony Simons to do right, it right? right because it's just not worth it. he's not a great fit so i think it's all posturing because to me i test tells me no i think it's <laughs> i i think of all the possible trades you could go out there and this has nothing absolutely nothing to do with being in the portland market covering the blazers team and and trying to find ways for for that team to get better i just think out of a, a lot of the deals that could be made this is the one that literally would make sense for both teams because as i've said before on this podcast it would allow you to move norm to shooting guard where he's obviously more natural and isn't playing against or defending guys bigger than him every single night you could play roco at the three um even though honestly people will argue that you know he's not even really a power forward minutes wise he is it's where he's played a lot of his time and he's skilled enough to play both positions you could slide him into the three and be just fine right? right and then ben at the four defensively your team is Whew. stacked at that yeah point. stacked you have easily the best defensive team the blazers have had in ever <laughs> right and then offensively yeah ben Simmons isn't isn't a great three-point shooter but if you put him with with, with guys around him that can shoot right. it's going to balance that out especially when you look at the off-season moves that they did have right the the tony snells the ben mclemore's these guys are knockdown shooters from deep, so it's going to help them there. And it's just you. And then I've said before, CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum is the perfect player for the current makeup of the 76. Next to Joel Embiid, yeah. Come, I think he would come in and be an absolute star. And yeah, I dude. think you would see him take his game to the next level. The only interesting part would be the whole. <laughs> Remember that time, Coach Rivers, that you wouldn't let me play <laughs> in the game like, <laughs> when I wasn't even on your team? I hope you don't do that to me now. But no, I, I think for both teams, I think the trade makes sense. I just I I just don't know if I really see it happening. I it's I would be amazing. It'd be amazing. What, but what do you think is the biggest holdup to it happening? Just just Philly not wanting to lower the value? Like what's what's the biggest hang up here? Probably that. Probably Philly wanting to go like just being stubborn. I, I feel with the I feel with the way Philly has done this whole like trust the process and things like that. I think they would be more inclined to get as much in return as possible rather than make the trade that makes the best sense right. for this particular season, if it will. Because I don't know if I don't know if Philly with 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 Joel Embiid. I I just don't think Philly as is in as much of a we need to win right now as portland is Mm. portland i think would be a little more desperate honestly to pull in that trade to capitalize on a closing window of damian lillard as where the window for for joel Embiid is freaking wide open still so yeah i think that would be the hang-up is philly wanting to get as much asset back in return to continue to trust the process because your point being that, like, while we, I, while it does seem pretty obvious that CJ would be a great fit for Philly, your point being is that they don't necessarily want the player that fits right now for Philly as opposed to just getting a whole bunch of pieces that they can turn into more pieces in the future. Yeah, okay, okay. I could, boy, that does complicate it. I hadn't really thought about that. Well, let's think about this. Think about this for a second. I mean, when I talk about windows, I mean, Damian Lillard is, is 31, Joel Embiid's 27. So, that 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 right there shows you that there's plenty of time like he's right he, he has at 27 like you're still climbing like he's probably i mean he's still probably got another year or two before yeah, he actually yeah. hits like his prime prime so if you can get guys that you know are gonna build around that um for years to come not just the next year or two 
that's what you want to do. He's under contract through 26, 27 right now. Yeah, okay. Uh, so he's got time. A fat, a fat deal. By the end of that deal, Joel Embiid will be making 54 mil. So uh, that could just be the only hangup. And again, I'm not saying that that is the hangup. I'm just spitballing possible ways that I could see it. And that's just, that's one I see playing out. But I, Ben Simmons, the idea that Ben Simmons isn't a fit next to Dame and wouldn't be great. Oh, no, he would make <laughs> Portland freaking amazing. Yeah, I, I, I think we can all agree on that one. It sounds like Jamie was saying the same thing. I, I don't think any of us have doubts about the what that team would look like. And man, you mentioned that defensive lineup. So you got Dame at point and then... Norm Powell, Robert Covington, Ben Simmons, and Nurk. That is a defensive squad right there. That would be yep. something, man. Man, I I would just love to see that. That'd yeah. be amazing. And it's funny because to say to say to say Ben, well, Ben can't shoot threes and 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 this and that, and he's not a great fit next to Dame. That's like saying Draymond Green is not a good fit next to Steph Curry. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a legit point. Like, well, they, they, I, no, they make each other better. <laughs> I, I think I, maybe from the, the general fan, they might be looking at this of like, oh, you're talking about trading CJ, so they're assuming Ben is going to get slotted in at the two, at the shooting guard position, which would make no sense if you look at his skill set and who he actually is as a player. But again, even if they think about a ball handler, I don't know if, I don't know if the general fan necessarily realizes that Ben should be a big, should be a wing that just has a different skill set. He handles the ball and plays defense instead of... Uh, you know, shooting from the outside and the rest of it. But yeah, I, Not to I don't mention if you had guys, if you had Ben and Nurk who are both great passers, yeah, who could facilitate and allow Dame to play off the ball more. I want to see that. Dude, I want to see Dame with the ball out of his hands because, again, going back to the Warriors and the reason I'm, I'm going to them is because there's a reason they had that dynasty and they were so fun to watch. Steph Curry. How many of his threes come from off-ball movement, right. not ball in his hand creating his own shot? He gets a ton of uh, through off-ball movement, and a lot of that comes through guys like Draymond Green. So, no, I want to see ways to get the ball out of Damian Lillard's hands more, and Ben Simmons would allow that. Yeah. Jamie, you've been quiet. Give me your take. <laughs> uh, that's such a good point. It could be, you know, Dame and Norm would be the Steph and Clay to Ben Simmons to Draymond Green, like that whole – yeah. I, I love that idea. Yeah. But I think what what I wanted to mention, though, is the idea of CJ McCollum going to the 76ers and becoming a star. I, I've thought about that. I think, Chris, you and I have talked about that many times. I just, I think it'd be great to see CJ be the man somewhere else. I think he would flourish Absolutely. whenever Dame is out and he is running the point. Uh, right. You know, he. he he takes it on. He got his assist numbers up whenever he is right. running some points. So I think that, as an NBA fan in person, I think that'd be fun to see as well. I also think it needs to be noted, and, and Jamie will 100% attest to this, that uh, CJ McCollum is so easily thrown out as the trade fodder when at the same time I think Portland needs to realize how lucky they are to have a guy who could very easily be traded to another team and be the number one guard on that team yeah <laughs> put up all-star numbers but he has not once bitched about being the second guy or the third guy in whatever position they were in he has right. never once complained about not being the go-to guy when he has talent to back it up like i said if you put him in philly he is obviously he's the number one guard on that team and it's probably making an all-star team at some point in the eastern conference like you put him on a on a team like the knicks he's flourishing you put him in like so many teams that he's the number one guard he's absolutely phenomenal so it's easy to throw him out there we're doing it right now because it makes sense financially and talent wise but portland has really been lucky to have a guy of his caliber who really is not a me 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 guy it's it's refreshing it's really nice yeah we need to not underestimate cj just we're saying that he's the the most valuable trade piece for us he is and jamie like you said too when cj or sorry when dame is out cj looks more like a true point guard than probably anything we've seen from ants or other players that they list on here as a backup point guard like he he can absolutely run an offense and especially if it was something that he was doing consistently not just for like six or ten games at a time when dame was dealing with an injury i think you could see a whole nother level of player I, I think it would it would definitely be interesting but it's you know not necessarily going to happen here in town let's talk about some of the role players though jamie you mentioned Nas. i want to get to him in a minute uh but 
Robert Covington. I saw an interesting headline earlier that made me, my, my, my blazer brain got going with some, some questions that I haven't really thought about much this, so far this offseason. Robert Covington is said to be adding, adding I am tongue-tied. Robert Covington is said to be adding ball handling, a bit of a dribble game to his uh, skill set this offseason. And this got me kind of thinking about what other role players do we have? What, what could we see if you always want players to be adding something new to the game in the offseason? What could we see that could be a real difference maker coming back? I think Rocco adding ball handling, if we see him, the same way that we're talking about Ben Simmons being such a weapon, someone else we can hand the ball to and he can attack more from the wing, run the offense and have Dame work off ball. If Rocco was able to kind of get to that point more, not necessarily running the offense, but being able to catch, dribble, get some handles going, uh, set the defense off balance, that could be a game changer for us. What, what do you think? How do you feel about Rocco? Do you think uh, seeing him adding ball, handling more of a dribble game is something that is going to be realistic? Or is this more of maybe what we often do here about players in the offseason of how they're, you know, adding 15 pounds of muscle or, oh, they really fixed their jump shot or this kind of like, Is this smoke or is there more more fire behind this? Uh, I, I think he probably was always doing some kind of the dribbling in, in the offseason, some, you know, really extensive, like, I'm going to try and work on my handles type of thing. So I don't think it's, it's probably that new for Roko to, to try and work that on that, you know? Yeah. Um, but one thing about Nas, I know we, we all saw the video, I don't know if it was a week ago or two weeks ago, I think time is getting away from me, but I think it was last week. He was, you know, shooting those threes with ease, and I think a lot of fans are excited to see what Nasir Little will bring as far as his consistent three-point shooting. Um, I think we saw it, you know, a little bit more uh, last year, and I just think that now with no mellow out there, like Chris mentioned, obviously that's going to be a big loss on the the scoring department and for the second unit. So to see Nasir Little... Uh, just bring the confidence. I think that's going to be key for him. Obviously, a lot of NBA players can make wide open threes in the gym anywhere. That <laughs> they do that. They're automatic. Um, but getting into a game and just having a quicker release from Nas, I think that'll be key. But I, I'm looking to see what, or looking forward to seeing what Nasir Little is going to bring. To this season. Let me let me ask you about this because uh, Chris and I talked about this briefly last week. But when we're talking about Nas. Last week, we compared expectations for Nasir Little and Anthony Simons because both these are kind of these young up-and-coming Blazers who we've seen little bits here and there, like flashes of a really good game for them, but neither has really had the consistent role so far to put together, and this seems like it could be that year for, for either one of them. I like what you're saying about Nas. If he can add like not just a three-point shot in practice and on the Instagram videos, but in-game, if he can add a reliable three-point shot, that makes him such a valuable weapon when you talk about that, his athleticism, his defense. Who do you think could play a bigger factor in the Blazers' uh, wins this season between him and Anthony Simons? If both, uh, like, who, who do you think is more posed to make that jump? Well, it's interesting because oh. I, I, I was I was asked this question a couple podcasts ago, and it, my <laughs> the, the easy answer for me was Nasir Little. Um, but I, told you, I, think I like rehashing cha- topics, man. We're gonna bring this up again next week. So, <laughs> but I think it changes. I think it changes now, though, because that was that was before Larry Nance, the Larry uh, Nance trade, and the Larry mm-hmm. the Larry Nance trade means that they have a, a, a sure backup four now, which is gonna limit Nasir's minutes. Because I really saw Nasir playing a lot of time at power forward, and you know he's still gonna have to battle with obviously Norman Powell being the starting small forward and Tony Snell and, and Ben McLemore both being able to play that position as well. Um, so I think it's it's going to be a battle for him to get on on the floor. What I'd like to see is I would like to see the 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 roster end up rounding out to a point where where Ben McLemore and Tony Snell are kind of your end of the bench guys that can jump in when they need to. But Nasir Little is getting the majority of your minutes as a backup three because I think there's a ton of upside to him being on the floor. Yeah, I agree about the upside. I think what fans are looking forward to though with this season with. Uh, Anthony Simon, his focus on the defensive end last year, it, it came a long way. I mean, not he wasn't just talking about it, Keith. You know, we hear a lot of players that are saying, oh, yeah, like I've been working with coaches. We're watching my game film. We're really dialing in on what I need to do individually and as, you know, as a um, team guy playing, you know, that role on defense. But he was actually 
doing it. You know, he did um, make strides on that end. And so I keep thinking about what, what it'll look like for him this season, now with a defensive-minded coach in Chauncey Phillips. Mm, yeah, the defensive coaching scheme can make a big difference too. Didn't Ant, wasn't he the one that had like that, just like a, just rip the ball away from someone towards the end of the season? I feel like I have a vague memory of that, but it all kind of blends together at this point too. Yeah, I could, I could see Ant. So, so I guess maybe that's the real question that we're, that we're bubbling this down to. Rocco adding a three-point shot, being a bigger deal or smaller deal than Anthony adding like a level of defense. And honestly, I'm sure you guys have seen too, Anthony's Instagram photos, the, he's chunked up a bit this off season. The dude has put on some pounds, man. And I don't think it's just one of those where like, oh, 15 pounds of muscle. Like he's actually looking a little hefty compared to the lanky little kid he was last season. And yeah, I mean, I, I think defensively that could just make it that much easier on him. So, uh, so yeah, so Chris, you've officially switched sides. You're getting away from Nas, as far as his big impact this season, even with a three-point shot, you're saying it's probably more about uh, Anthony Simons and Jamie. Sounds like you're kind of leaning towards Ant as well with the defense. Yeah, but I could go either way. <laughs> I know that's never. <laughs> I know I'm bad that's at. Fair. Just ask Chris. I'm bad at always being like, "Oh no, this is my answer." Just, just one <laughs> straight answer. <laughs> I mean, I think you need to see more from Nasir than Ant because I think. Ant starting to round into what you 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 know what he's going to bring to the table. It's just a matter of now uh, elevating that to the next right. level and becoming a, a a better guard and better on the defensive end. As we're Nasir Little, uh, you still don't know what he brings. You still don't know what his true fit is. And so I think him that's he has he has the most to gain uh, in this season is is what I believe. But that's a good uh, one. But if you had to pull, if you had to say what was more important for the Blazers' success, Nasir Little developing a three-point shot uh, consistently, or Anthony getting better on the defensive end, I, it's to me it's a no-brainer. Anthony getting better on the defensive end, so that Portland can have a lockdown guard yeah. that we can throw out there to, to guard anyone. Yeah, especially as a guard. Yeah, a defensive guard is just that would be that could just be such a game changer for Portland, man. That'd be great. And I'd like to say one more thing about Nas. You know, I mean, he has so much upside, like Chris was saying, but, and that's the thing he does. And on the defensive end, there were just so many times where I think he just made that young mistake. And so just for him to continue to be more consistent on that side of the ball, too, will be key. I gotta, I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, be a little bit of a, uh, a counter for this. I'm looking forward to Nas and to Anthony Simons, but I got to bring it back to my guy Rocco that I mentioned when we were opening this last topic up here. I feel like if if we're watching Blazer games next year and I see Nas hit some threes, I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, young guy's got his three point shot in there. You like, you kind of maybe expect it or hope for that to come along at some point. If I'm watching Anthony Simons with the the defense, like, okay, cool, yeah, I can see it. You know, he's good thing we needed, and hey, he put on some weight in defense it's 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 a running out of skill set but if Rocco comes in and we see him break ankles on a defender and just yam on the rim that is going to get me going dude I love the idea of of someone his size with his kind of length and athleticism that could actually put the ball on the floor and not just have to sit in the corner and, and wait for the three and then get down on defense nah it's not gonna happen <laughs> no I love Rocco he's my favorite player in the NBA that completely yeah. changes who he is no he's your He's gonna give you what you need on the defensive side, and then he's gonna be there to hit those open shots. He's not a he's not a ball on the ground, take it to the rim type guy. It, change, it changes who he is too much. Like I like what I get from my Roko. There's a reason I love that guy. I don't want yeah, I don't want it to change. Maybe he thinks he is that guy. That's all I'm saying. It's just just saying, just saying. But uh, but mostly guys, that's a look at that. We hit a solid hour right there through only a few topics, man. Like. Can we just do this again? The, the chemistry that you two have is so perfect. I can just <laughs> tee up a question and let you two go back and forth on it. And Jamie, I am so 100% with you. Nothing's wrong with fence riding. Nothing's wrong with being in the middle and just saying, I don't know which way it could go. That's why we break it down. That's what we're doing around here. Right. <laughs> that's, why, that's why my former employee or employer failed by not giving us a show. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, you guys have a show here on Trailcasters. Uh, as long as you keep me included in it, that's all I'm saying. That's my one one part. Of it. Okay, it could be your show. You could, you're your guys' show, and I just launch you into it. That, that works for me. I think we can make that work. There you go. Uh, but, but hey, Chris, you uh, you gave us a new taste in the intro. You want to give us a new taste in the outro today? You got that dog still with you? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I no. I don't got the dog <laughs> with me. I don't want to give us your outro. Thanks to so-and-so for these fat beats. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I don't know. That was a pretty good. Uh, that sounds just like the way I do it right there. That was a perfect impression. I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhardt. And thank you, Jamie Hudson, for joining us. Thank you, of course, to Odar for these fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. Oh, you didn't know? (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, you're awesome, Awesome. though. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank Uh, you for having me. It was fun.